You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, this is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Chul here on Soul to Soul Live this beautiful Tuesday afternoon. <clears throat> Today is Purim Katan, the small mini Purim, and therefore an appropriate day to talk about Purim to talk about the lessons of Purim, to talk about the joy of Purim, and to hopefully take home some messages that can resonate in our lives. It is an incredible day, although there's no customs to the day, other than the fact that maybe uh, services are a little shorter because we don't say Tachanun. Other than that, it's pretty much a day without customs. According to some commentaries, you're supposed to have an extra meal, I mean, or rather have more food at the meal, just eat a little extra, celebrate a little extra, but other than that, it's very much a regular day, and yet it's so not a regular day. It's the mini Purim, and Purim has so many different ways of tackling it, and today we're going to tackle just a few. But let's start with some music here on 101.9 FM. As is usual, we'll start with a song called V'yitem B'fi. It's a beautiful, nice beat melody, a Chabad Hasidic melody here on 101.9 FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan. I want to dedicate this shear um, to the memory of my father, Rabbi Yonah ben Rabbi Meir, that it should be for his uh, an upliftment for his soul. And please, God, he should have nachas. So, today is the small Purim, Purim Katan. And tomorrow is Shushan Purim Katan. Let me just explain those terms before we go delve into them. Seven times every 19 years, in other words, there's a cycle of 19 years. Seven times every 19 years, we have an extra month in the Jewish calendar, in the lunar calendar. It's a very simple, and that is because the lunar calendar is about 11 days shorter than the solar calendar, and because it was important for the sages to be able to keep the lunar calendar based on the seasons. In other words, the moon's calendar is very much on its own page. It has nothing to do with the seasons unless you make sure that it catches up to the sun. So every two or three years, an extra month is added, and over 19 years, seven extra months are added, and that covers the 11 days that you lost every day of the 19 years, and you're back to square one, and then you start the cycle again. So this year we're in what's called a Shanamu Uberis, a pregnant year, or Iberia, a year that you add another month, and we are currently in the extra month, the month of Adar, number one. And next month, on exactly this day, the 14th of the month, we will celebrate Purim. That's going to be in four weeks from Thursday. Wednesday night, Thursday is going to be Purim. And in cities that have that are walled cities, for example, Jerusalem, um, cities that are walled for thousands of years, they will celebrate their Purim the day after, which is called Shushan Purim, to commemorate the city of Shushan, which was also a walled city, and they celebrated their respite from the war and the whole story of Purim. They celebrated the day later, and therefore people in Jerusalem celebrate Shushan Purim. But for those of us in the diaspora, and even most Jews living in the Holy Land, we celebrate Purim, the 14th. Now this month, because it's an extra month, so we don't really celebrate Purim, we're not really going to hear the Megillah, um, we're not doing the mitzvahs of the day. On the other hand, 
it's called perm katan. It's called a small perm. So in in many ways, or at least in some ways, there has to be a sense of perm. Now, what is perm known for more than any other holiday? What does it stand for? What's its theme? The theme is joy. Perm is a happy day. We dress in costumes. We celebrate. We party. We 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 let go. It's a day of joy. And there's a famous statement that on this day a person is supposed to reach a stage, on perm they're supposed to reach a stage until they don't know between blessed is Mordechai and cursed is Haman. And according to some it means to drink, according to others it means to go to sleep, etc., etc. I'm not going to enter here the, the, the discussion of drinking. But what it does say is that a person on Purim is supposed to reach a state in which they cannot tell the difference between cursed is Haman and blessed is Mordechai. And the words that the Talmud uses is a person has to reach a stage until they don't know. Now, what I want to, you know, kind of discuss and farbring about in today's show for the next little while is when somebody reaches a space where they don't know, where somebody, when somebody lets go of knowledge, does that mean they become an idiot? In other words, if you let go of a logic, are you illogical? If you let go of knowledge, are you unknowledgeable? If you let go of sense, are you nonsensical? How does it work? How does it work? In other words, is the only option for a person to be logical or illogical? Do you see the problem with that? If that's the case, if there's only two options on the table, logical or illogical, it means that logic is the be-all and end-all of normal, decent, good living. So if it fits within the realm of logic... Great. If it doesn't fit within the realm of logic, it's illogical. But the problem with logic is logic is a moving goalpost. What's logical a hundred years ago is illogical today. And what's logical today, chances are, will be illogical a hundred years from now. We try to put logic as the ultimate pedestal of human achievement. There is an intellectual. Oh, wow. There is a professor. There is a master of logic. We love, many people love going to lectures that are fully based on logic. It, it stimulates the mind. And of course, logic is extremely important. Torah is supposed to be understood in our logical mind. So much of what it means to be a human being, so much of what it means to be a pious, good, decent person has to do with logic. But logic is not the end of human achievement. It's not mastery of human potential. It's just one element of it. But if there is only two options in life, illogical or logical, then basically what we're saying is if you don't fit the term logical, then you're a fool. You're an idiot. You, you don't qualify. You're not, you are beneath human achievement. And therefore, the, the sages teach that there is not three levels, there's not two levels in logic. 
There's three levels. Two levels means there's either illogical, which is beneath logic, or logical, which is the top. The sages teach there are three levels. There's illogical on the bottom, there's logical in the middle, and there's beyond logic, higher than logic, above logic, supra-logic, which is a great achievement and at the core of what it means to be human. Now let me, before we get esoteric, let's explain this very simple terms. Is love logical? You love your child. Is love logical? Well, you're going to sit there giving me wonderful commentary on the fact that because um, you want the species to continue, so you created your child, which has your DNA, and through them you are perpetuating your DNA into the world, and therefore you love them. Honest to God, that sounded like absolute hogwash. It's nonsense. That's not why you love your child. We love our child because we love our child. There's nothing logical about it. You can limit it by trying to make it logical. But the truth is, it's anything but logical. It's absolute truth. It's essence. It's pure. It is. There are three levels. There's beneath logic, there's logic, and there's above logic. But for now... I just want to to think about the idea as we play a beautiful piece of music here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9 Chai FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Schull here on the Farbringen Show every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon on the the Farbringen, on the Chai FM network. And... You can WhatsApp us on 061-895-1019. You can SMS us on 34519. Before the break, we we started a discussion on the three levels of logic. The lowest level and the level that we would like to believe we rarely fall into is the level of e-logic, beneath logic whether it is totally, you know, emotional without any guiding principle, whether it's just, you know, losing our sanity, losing our, you know, compass mentis, losing our ability to see things directly, illogical. That's level one. Level two is logic. The ability to be level-headed, to see things from a healthy, balanced, objective perspective, to accumulate knowledge, to stimulate the mind, and to fill the head with um, decent, good ideas. But then there's a third idea, a third level, without which one cannot really have the human experience, and that is the level above logic. In the words of um, in, in the words of the Holy Tongue, "Lemaila minatamvadas," higher than reason and logic. And we spoke about love, how love very much is something that's illogical. Connection. Faith. It's funny, very often people, you know, will use that um, famous Karl Marx quote, 
faith is the opium of the masses as like some kind of derogatory statement like oh if only you let go of faith you would enter the realm of logic and everything would be wonderful hunky dory from go you know from now on it's so far from the truth if a person lets go of the ability to be beyond their logic i think they lose out on so much of what human experience is how many people are struggling with love in our time and there's a million different ways to dissect it, a million different ways to analyze it, and it's a discussion for a million different times, not just for one other time. But one way of thinking about it is the reason why so many people, or some people, struggle with the ability of, you know, falling in love, or rather rising in love, and building an eternal connection is because they struggle to be able to let go of logic to a place that's higher, connection that's higher than logic. In other words, if the reason you're marrying person X is simply all logical, well, we fit, you know, everything in the resume is exactly the same, and we both have the same passions, and we love Switzerland, and we love skiing, and I don't know, um, we both come from middle-class homes, mazel tov. That's not enough to keep any relationship going. At the core of a relationship is this knowledge, this intuition that we belong together. There's just this feeling that you know when you're dating this person, I belong with this person. There's nothing logical about it. Why didn't you belong with the previous person? Why didn't you, why will you not belong with the next person? Why don't you go experiment the other three billion people from the other gender before you sit there deciding? No, because you have this deep intuition that sits there saying, I belong with this person. What is that intuition? Logic? Beneath logic? No. It's your soul. It's a place in your soul that sits there saying, this is my other half. When you feel this deep love for your child, it's not logic. You could try to explain it a logic till you go blue in the face, but it's not logic. It is. It just is. It's, it's, it's a level that does not fit into algorithms. No algorithm has still come to explain why certain people are attracted to certain people. And no algorithm will ever come and explain why parents love their children. And no algorithm will ever explain faith. Because they are not algorithms. They're, they are, are pure existence. They just are. Somebody who's faithful is not somebody that's looking for a crutch. It's somebody that's willing to say, I know where logic goes. But I also know logic has its limits. And within those limits, absolutely explore. Judaism does not believe in being closed-minded. Explore. Question. But within parameters, parameters of, of things that you know intuitively that thou shall not cross. I'll give you an extreme example, just for the sake of, you know, sometimes extreme examples give you the, the gift of contrast. If somebody starts exploring the commandment, the sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder. When does that apply? How does that apply? Etc. And they have no parameters to that commandment. Then at some stage, they could sit there reaching a stage where they actually kill in the name of God because everything's an option. They went beyond the pale. They pushed the limits and the boundaries of their own subjective intellectual journey to a place that's dangerous. The third level, the above logic, comes and sits there saying, hey, 
we could explore, we could talk about how does it work, when, how does warfare, how does warfare work with murder, how does self-defense, etc. But there's parameters, there's basic parameters that murder is, is still wrong. There might be small exceptions, there might be certain qualifications, but at, at the essence it's wrong. If there's no limits to logic, where does it go? I mean, look at the Nazis, the king of logic. They were the kings of logic, the greatest sages. Study them Berlin. Rabbi Joseph Ber Salavechik studied, Rabbi J.B. Salavechik studied in Berlin. Lubavitch Rebbe studied in Berlin. In the early 30s, this was a place that if you're looking for logic and you're looking for success in the academic field, you went there. And for that function, it was great. The problem was that they didn't have anything beyond logic. So suddenly, a lunatic named Hitler, Yamach Shemai, comes and shows up and convinces the most logical nation in the world some crazy ideas about race, absolute total antisemitism, and other nonsense. And suddenly, this wonderful logical nation is butchering babies. all at the same time still enjoying a good piece of knowledge, a good quality music, and seeing themselves as the epitome of the human experience. Often people sit there saying, if only our world was more educated, everything would be better. Let's educate Africa. Let's educate the world. There's a lot of truth to that, but educate with what? If the whole world knew that 2 plus 2 is 4, would the world be that much better? In some ways. In some ways not. Here's what I could talk about. If the whole world was educated that 2 plus 2 is 4, but as important, more importantly, they were educated that there is a God that watches over what we do, who's involved, who cares, if they believed in a moral code that defies logic, that no matter how clever somebody is, they could have an IQ of 200, they nevertheless cannot argue and negate simple, basic truths, like thou shall not murder, and thou shall not commit adultery, and thou shall not steal, no matter how logical it is, to go take somebody else's property. It goes against the premise that's beyond logic. And therefore, it's non-negotiable. If everything is logical, you can do the craziest things based on logic. The boundary between logic and illogic is very, very fine. Because very often, the most illogical, most ridiculous things were done for this, with, with the premise of logic. Oh, nobody will see me. Oh, it's my land anyway. Oh, that person deserves to die. Oh, my parents are idiots. I don't have to, I don't have to respect them. Oh, God is just opium the masses. Who needs it? Logic without a higher course setter, without a strong foundation of Lemaila mitam vadas, higher than logic, is an extremely dangerous tool. In these weeks, in the parshas that we read, we read about the Mishkan, the tabernacle that was built for God. And 
the tabernacle that was built in the desert was built out of vegetation and it was built from the animal kingdom. And the pillars were made specifically from atzei shittim, special wood that the Jews brought from Egypt. But the word shittim, the rabbis explain, comes from the word shtus. Shtus is the opposite of uh, logic. So why would the walls of the temple for God be built by shittim? Comes Rabbi Yosef Yitzhak and explains in, the, in his final discourse that he shared before his passing in 1950, he explains so beautifully about these three levels. That there's the level, there's the shtus, there's the, the stupidity, there's going away from logic, which is beneath logic, and then there's the above logic, which is also not logical. It's also shittim, coming from the word sata, which means off the beaten path. It's off the path of logic, but it's not because it's illogical. It's because it's beyond logic. And at some stages in life, we are forced to confront the, the above logic. There's nothing about it. During moments of extreme joy, and moments of extreme pain. During our successes and during our heartbreak, there are moments that you cannot logic it away. It's, there's something deeper there. There's a part in ourselves that want to connect that's something beyond logical. A few weeks ago when I lost my dad and, you know, some people, out of goodwill, no judgment, they come and they try to logic it for you. They try to, you know, make sense of it for you. And perhaps at some stage in the morning, it's important to make some sense of the morning. But definitely when the pain is raw and in your face and biting, it's not the moment that you want logic. Logic offered no comfort in the face of loss. There is nothing logical about loss. If you talk about it in an abstract you know, objective way. Yeah, you could sit there talking about why bad things happen to good people, etc., and give a whole wonderful three-hour course on it. But ultimately, when the person's in a moment of pain, there's nothing logical about it. And logic will only be a nuisance for the person that's experiencing it. And yet we worship logic. Ooh, my kid has an education. My kid is knowledgeable. Did you see the IQ on my kid's uh, test results? Unbelievable. Great. Should have a lot of nachas. It's, uh, it really is beautiful. But if you think for one second that that will determine the quality of life and the peop- and the amount of people you, uh, that your children is, your child is loved by in the next 60 years, absolutely nothing. Logical people don't necessarily have more love in their life than illogical people. But one kind of person does have more love, and that is the person that lets go of logic and embraces things like love and connection and doesn't try to fit everything in a box. How is it that so many clever people, we are the most educated society in all of human history? It's a fact. We are the wealthiest generation in all of human history. More people have come out of poverty than ever before. We are the most exposed generation to knowledge in any other generation in history. Almost the entire world can read and write. And yet, we don't seem to be figuring out the basic things like 
how to hold on to a relationship, how to have a good relationship with your child, how to build an enduring marriage, how to have self-esteem, how to be kind. Why is it? I, I don't understand. If, if logic was the, the be-all and end-all of human achievement, we are more there than we've ever been in thousands of years. There's very few people living in a cave today. Almost every single child on the planet knows what 2 plus 2 is, unlike 200 years ago. Almost every child on the planet can read a language. So what? It's a beautiful achievement. There's no question that it helps the finances of our world. There's no question that it has tremendous benefits. In no way shall we put it down. But when that is the endeavor, when that is the the top, the, the roof of our dreams for humanity, an educated world, that will bring the world better. Really? The communist Russia was a very educated place. Our next door neighbor next to South Africa is a very educated place. And many other societies that unfortunately destroyed their people, hurt their people, undermined their people, were very educated. Education without a value system, education without the ability to let go to a level above logic is not a gift to humanity. It often can become their greatest undoing. What are your thoughts? Here on 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Parbrengan with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. The iconic, well-loved President Hotel in Winfrey Bantry Bay invites you to a glad kosher, true yumtif and Pesach experience with fabulous catering by Avron. Delivering the highest level of kashrut and strict rabbinical supervision from Rabbi Sean Cohen, Canon. Under the auspices of the Cape Town Beth Din, enjoy the President Hotel's magnificent spacious rooms, exceptional personal service, children's programs, and more. Explore the magic of Cape Town on Chalamoed to book, and for f- further information, email Pesach at presidenthotel.co.za. Use the booking code LD, and to get your complimentary welcome hamper of wine, dried fruit, and chocolates. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Apsen, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul, and here we are, and we're talking about the limits of logic. Today is Purim Katan. It's the mini Purim. And it's on Purim, we're told that a person must achieve a level Adeloyada until they don't know. Between curses, Haman and blesses Mordechai. And very often, we sit there delving on the alcohol aspect on it and how you achieve it. But today what we were trying to bring about is this idea of reaching a level, reaching a level that you don't know, and to not see it as weakness, to see it as a gift. I was having a conversation with a friend a while back, and he was telling me the following. He says, listen, Rabbi, you're a great guy. You know what the problem with you is? You're very limited in how much you're willing to explore outside the box. You have to think like that. I've heard that so many times from people. Rabbi, I get it. You know, you, you know, you have the, the yarmulke on your head. You have the, the jacket. You have the long beard. You have the yeshiva education. You have the smicha. And like, you have to feel it. Now, it's, it's said with a mix of empathy and a bit of uh, patronizing <laughs> and maybe a bit of respect as well. But this idea that like, you know, us lucky people who don't have the limitations that you have are so blessed to really allow our mind to explore. And to be honest, I, I take a bit of offense to that. Or maybe not offense, but 
I, I think it's untrue. Yes, there are limits to how far the mind should go when a person has faith, but that's not a limit. That's a gift. That's parameters. It's like going on the ocean without a compass. That's not freedom. You'll just be going around in whirlwinds for hours and days and years. You have to know where you're going. You have to have basic parameters of where is north and where is south and east and west. You have to know where you are on the map. That's not limiting. That's empowering. Then, yes, you can you, you can navigate in certain ways. You can take your boat, you know, a bit creatively, etc. But the rules and parameters are not limits. They're enablers. This high level of loyada, this level of beyond logic, is not a limit on human potential. It's an enabler of human potential. It comes and says, honey, I am going to stick through this relationship through thick and thin because I am committed not just to what I feel now, not to what my mind tells me now, but rather to this absolute piece of faith that tells me you are the other part of my soul and I will stick through it. My dear child, you might not be the child that I thought you would turn out to be, but I will love you regardless because you are not a investment I don't see you as simply cost a company. I don't sit there equating you and sit there saying, oh, how much do you cost? And I'll decide whether to have you and whether to keep you. No, you are something. You're a part of me. You are. You just are. And I love you the bits. No matter what you do. And God, you know, sometimes God, you might disappoint me. And sometimes you might do things that don't resonate with the way I would think things should be. But you don't ask my opinion. And maybe that's a good thing, but it is a good thing. And even when the logical seems to be defied, I will still stay connected to you. That's the gift of having above logic. It allows you to still stand your ground and not fall apart when things go a bit beyond logic. And that is life. You know what boggles my mind? Forgive me. What boggles my mind is how every single year we sit there thinking that we, our world is coming more chaotic than ever before. Once upon a time it was easier to keep your sanity. Today it's not. I can only talk for the past five years I've been on the show. This is my fifth January on the show and every, and every single January, February here, I'm somehow talking to, uh, about a feeling that people have that life is going terrible and things are just illogical and things are terrible. The world does not follow logic. The world follows God who's beyond logic. He's beyond everything. He created logic, which is just one way of thinking, and logic is a creation. It's not the be-all and end-all of, 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 of truth. Living in flux means living. That's life. Life is flux. Life is waking up in the morning and not knowing what's coming to you. That isn't a virus in the system. That is life. I mean, please go when Mashiach comes and we leave the redemp- we live in the world of redemption, then it will not, it won't happen again. Life will be predictable. And when a person passes away and goes to heaven, that's where they go. They go to a place of predictability and, and peace and You wake up in the morning and you know what to expect. But that's not life here in this world. Walking this planet means walking into the limitations of logic. Every single day will be 
tested beyond what we learned in school. What we learned in school will give us very little skills on how to deal with most of the issues in life. They might help us make a living, granted. But other than that, almost nothing. They'll help us very little in what we need in order to live a good, decent, loving life. What will give us that? The ability to take everything we learned, take all the knowledge we learned, and put it on the side and sit there saying, that's great, but there's something above it. Deloyada, there's a place above logic, and that's a place that is true and beautiful, and it's not weakness. It's strength. To be faithful, to be loving, to be committed is not weakness. It's the greatest human endeavor. It is a blessing to be higher than logic. Logic is a blessing, and to be higher than logic is even a greater blessing. To be able to live in a space that says, I will try to take logic as far as it can, but I know that logic has a glass ceiling, and it cannot go any further. You could try to break that ceiling of logic, but ultimately logic has limits. It will not carry you everywhere. remember watching a lecture and reading articles about how the age of enlightenment has brought so much human potential to you, you know, and, and been so amazing to humanity for the past few hundred years. And there's a lot of truth to that. Logic, reason, enlightenment has been great. But in so many ways, as we discussed throughout the show, it hasn't taught us to become more loving hasn't taught us the magic of relationships, hasn't taught us the magic of self-esteem and self-empowerment. It hasn't. Because logic is great. Enlightenment is great. Reason is great. But even greater is the level above it when you let go of all that. This is 101.9 Chai FM. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm not sure why, you know, obviously God runs this world, but that ad that was just played, for he who knows the light of truth, there is no sadness in the world. I guess in one line, Dr. Pelkovich, who's coming to the Sinai and Daba, kind of said what I've been trying to say um, for the past little while, what we're trying to bring about, and that is a person, when they have light in their life, when they connect themselves to a level higher than logic, higher than the human experience, when they connect themselves to the infinite, when they connect themselves to the part within us that's godly, that's angelic, that's beautiful, has no sadness. Because they're not, we're not being swayed by the winds. Somebody who just worships logic can look at the world out there and be terrified. And they could sit there convincing themselves that the world is terrible. How many people are telling me how unsettled they feel, etc. And in no way putting down pain. We all suffer pain. I've been through a lot of pain myself recently. But when that starts painting our view of reality, you know, for the first week after my father passed away, I was looking out there and I was seeing people happy and I was struggling. The pain was so raw. What, 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 how, 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 how are you happy? But it's six weeks later. Thank God. And the pain is still there, but the logic and the, the, the logic and the 
of beyond logic is back. And suddenly, I'm able to sit there saying, yes, life continues. There's there's pain, but life continues. And that doesn't paint reality. Yes, a tragedy happened, but that doesn't paint reality. Just because my young father passed away doesn't make the world a bad place and doesn't mean that everything's falling apart and doesn't mean all the other crazy narratives that people sit there convincing themselves every time they turn on the TV. It's not true. There is pain, but that's not the be-all and end-all of the human experience. And yes, some people are struggling financially, and some people are struggling in various areas of their lives, and the sick people, etc. But when that paints your view of the universe, then you kind of lose the whole will to live. What's there to live for? It's not true, and it's unhelpful. Let's let go of simple logic. Let's let go of simply listening to our feelings and to what our mind tells us and be able to sit there reminding ourselves, this is a beautiful world. It's Purim today. There's joy in this world. There's fun. There's connection. There's laughter. There's a relationship with God. There is beauty. There is passion. There is just amazing, amazing ability. There's just so much. And that's what Purim is here to remind us. That ultimately, at the end of the day, it is great to be alive. It is great to celebrate. It is great to let go a bit of our logical and, you know, put together self and go and start dancing. Not because it's the illogical thing to do, but it's the higher than logical thing to do. It's the most incredible thing you could do right now. Happy Purim Katan. I want to finish off the show with a Purim medley from the Kindlelach Choir, 101.9 Chai FM. Please go. We'll be back next week here on Soul to Soul, the Fabrengan Show. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Chai FM. Have a great week.